Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, gorgeous, very hardworking Walt Disney World adaptation loving <laughs> wife and co-host, Michelle. Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. What is that all about? I know, right? What is going on? We will tell you more about that here shortly. Thank you for joining us today. We are recording this episode on Sunday, January 28th, 2024. We're already almost through the first month of the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It is. Time goes by. It was a busy month for us. So. It was an extremely busy month for us. This month has basically flown by. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Over the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter X. at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventurers Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love interacting with you in any of those ways. So feel free to reach out and we enjoy that. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly right. As always, Michelle is exactly (laughs) right. Now, before, (laughs) which is never now, before we get into this week's show, you know, we always like to take a look back at the week that was because we are the Disney podcast of positivity. And we like to focus on those positive moments, those high moments, those wonderful moments from the week that was, we call it my favorite thing from this week and when we do this we always start with michelle why (laughs) yeah why (laughs) because she's amazing she's fantastic she's glorious and you all know that you know she does the best research she definitely has the best lists she has the best tips and she also has the best my favorite thing from this week so michelle what was your favorite thing from this week well i think as in i think last week i had an a and b or you know I think this week I have to say the same thing because it it was all about getting together with people. And we were really fortunate on the weekend, on Sunday of of this week, to get together with Justin Monorail and his sweetheart, Casey. Uh, Such wonderful people. Really enjoyed getting together with them. I can't believe we once again forgot to take a photo to we demonstrate were we were together. We were the worst at getting photos with people. <laughs> and just we to have with. some that, you know, memento with them. But it was really, really wonderful uh, getting together with them. Always love talking with them. And similarly, to um, have the honor to be invited to join the Dillos on their weekly podcast, Theme Park Thursday, and having some time with them, not just on the podcast, but uh, chatting with them a little bit before and after as well. Yeah, uh, those are the exact same my favorite things from this week as well. Uh, Meeting up with Justin and Casey was wonderful. We've been trying to set something up for, geez, it's been a year. (laughs) Um, And we've had some things that we thought were set up, and then both sides had to either, you know, at different times um, kind of 
change plans. Right. So, but this, we were finally able to get together. I mean, it was just, you know, for about an hour, an hour and a half for with a cup of coffee, but yeah. it was just nice uh, to connect with them in person. They're such great people. Has it been a year? It, it has. Cause it was the last time we saw them in person was for Moonlight Madness at the Festival of the Arts. We didn't oh, invite wow. them out there for that. And that was the last time that we were able to get together with them. We had a couple other things scheduled, yeah. but again, we had to, you know, all to those plans due to various different circumstances Crazy. so yeah it was way too long and yeah. so it was good to finally have that happen even if it was you know a relatively short time we have made other possible plans in the future um for another connection mm -hmm. in the next several months sometime very soon and uh, hopefully we'll make that happen and yes getting together with uh, jen and frank um dillo's diz right. for theme park thursday and although we can't seem to ever get together with them <laughs> in person <laughs> uh we did the next best thing which was get together with them virtually and um you should check that show out well you should just check that show out every single right. week um but please uh, go also listen to uh, our show with them we talked a lot about once upon a studio mm -hmm. we talked about our socal uh, visit um so you know some interesting details that came out of that and i'll tell you one thing that is not my favorite thing from this week is once upon a studio not getting an oscar uh, nomination no. hello Jeez. academy um you, you missed it right you missed it with that one i appreciate all those other films i'm sure they're deserving but once upon a studio should have been nominated yeah uh it, it just my theory is that the people voting didn't realize what was put into that that short, that it did include original animators, original voice actors, uh, representation from all the film, all the animation films uh, since the beginning of the studios. And I just think those things weren't as apparent unless you really saw the behind the scenes. And maybe that's why it was you know, thought of as, oh, that's a cute short, but not realizing of the magnitude that it took to put together. I 100% agree with you. I, I really do believe that that's exactly what happened is they saw it. It was a cute short. They liked it, but it, maybe they're like, oh, you know, is, is it better than these other ones? Maybe not necessarily. But if some of these voters had known what it took to get, you know, to combine live action with 2D right. animation with computer generated animation, you know, to bringing back all the various voice actors to bringing back all the various animators yes. to do these characters. If they had known all the steps that it took to put this thing together, maybe that might've raised it up and into a nomination. I honestly think it should have won, but you know, the whole thing, but you know, unfortunately it didn't make it also a little sad that wish didn't right. get nominated, but I know there were some other great animated films out there, including elemental, right. um, the great Pixar film, which made it as well as a nomination. Um, other great Disney properties did get nominated. Yes. So I think they, I think I remember hearing it was 20 nominations in all for, for Disney for the Academy Awards. So good on that. Right. Um, but again, you know us, once upon a studio, <laughs> we want you to be there. But everybody right. who created that and wish, um, everybody at Disney Animation, um, you are Oscar winners in our hearts. For exactly. Sure. And, and I think, you know, kudos to you all and everybody who, who were, who was part of both of those projects once upon a studio and wish, because I do think they were great representations of the hundredth anniversary of the Walt Disney studios. So, um, if, if, even though you didn't get recognized through the Academy, 
you did produce something that was very meaningful. Right. And we talked, like going back to where this all started from, uh, with Theme Park Thursday, with uh, Dillos Diz, Jen and Frank, we did talk a lot about, we talked a lot about Once Upon a Studio, and both our interview with mm-hmm. Dan and Trent, um, but also the, the, you know, the, that short in general, because um, Frank and Jen are fans of it as well, yeah. as most Disney fans are. Um, and we so we had a big discussion on that, and I think you'll want to hear that. Um, so definitely, please go check out that episode. Yeah, and if you're not already subscribing to their YouTube channel, yeah, do it. YouTube, uh, podcast, right. social media, um, get on there and get a following them. Now, on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including we received a little more information about the future of the Disneyland Resort. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you about that. And a big anniversary party for the Ultimate Disney Fan Club is coming to Central Florida. You're going to want to find out about this, especially if you're a D23 Gold member. We'll tell you about that as well. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our very adaptable main topic of the week. Yeah, so for this week's main topic, as we kind of told you last week, we were going to be out at the Walt Disney World Resort to experience the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. We were very excited to get out there and sample all the food, check out all the beautiful artwork. Yeah, we had done a lot of research, had our little spreadsheet. Michelle had it all laid out, ready for us to go to sample all this stuff and... Well, let's just say things didn't go exactly as planned. (laughs) As with any traveling, you know, you have to be prepared that the unexpected could happen and and make a need to change some of those plans. Yes. And uh, I think that's what we ended up being faced with. Yes. So you're going to hear a lot about that. Maybe not as much about the... Epcot International Festival of the Arts as we originally planned. There will be some, maybe not as much as we originally planned this episode to be about, (laughs) but we will be telling you about our trip, about our visit and, you know, how we adapted to what was going on out there. So this all took place last weekend. So it was uh, Saturday, January 20th. And Sunday, January 21st, when we were out there at the Walt Disney World Resort, we booked a a one-night stay at the Copper Creek um, in the Wilderness Uh Lodge, Disney's Wilderness Lodge, in a deluxe studio, because we wanted to take part in this interesting, fun event and evening and take in as much as we could. Now, the first hampering part of it was the weather. And again, I know everybody out there is going to be like, what are you complaining about? But for us in Florida, (laughs) when it's in the upper 50s and low 40s through much of the weekend, I mean, we're breaking out jackets in the low 70s here. (laughs) So, yes, we are all wimps, but it was it was it was a factor involved with this weekend for sure. It was. And it and, you know, not and I guess to kind of go into the weather a little bit more, too. It was also very windy. Mm -hmm. So it was cold wind that was, you know throughout the day. I mean, there were some times on Sunday that there was some spots of 
clear skies and sunny. And if you were in that sunshine for a little yeah. while, you felt pretty good. I actually thought the middle of the day Saturday wasn't bad either. Right, you know, right. you could take your coat off. You still need to kind of have a long sleeve shirt, right, you know, yeah. on underneath. If you had layers, you were okay in the middle of the day on Saturday right. as well. But at night and early in the morning. Yeah. And although that was a factor that kind of made it not as attractive, in our minds, we thought, well, this is good because probably locals aren't going to be heading to the park because they're all wimps too. <laughs> and it's going to be feeling too cold. We'll, we'll to get go. to that in a moment. So our day started um, pretty much as we had planned. We decided a while back that there's a Disney on Broadway show that we really wanted to see right. coming this weekend. So, you know, several days back when our availability opened, we had booked a Disney on Broadway dining package because we wanted to be sure to get good seats and be able to be in that show and not have to wait for hours in the standby line right. just to make sure we got in. The first time we've done that, we've done the dining package with uh, at the, the festival, the holidays with the candlelight processional, but this was the first time we did it with any of the other festivals. And we knew going in, Michelle had talked about this and I, I agreed with her. We knew we wanted to try a lot of festival foods and we we're like, okay, well, if we book a dining package for a lunch or dinner, that might curb our ability to try a lot of festival foods. Right. So we're like, okay, but there is an option for breakfast yeah. um, out there. Um, so that's what we ended up booking. We figured we could have some breakfast, give it a few hours, and then we could start gradually getting into the festival food as the day progressed. So that's what we did. We booked at the Disney on Broadway dining package for the Garden Grill uh, breakfast, which was really, really nice way to start the day. Yes, it's it's the, the restaurant that's inside the Land Pavilion where it rotates. It is a character breakfast, uh, but you also get to see some of the uh, the scenery from the living with the land ride and it's just something I, I know I've been there before a long long time ago but I haven't been there in many years I, I think it was your first time there right yes it was my first time ever eating any meal at that I've seen it many times right. thought about it many times but we had never actually done it so this was our first chance to experience at my first chance um, you think that you had done it before right right, right. Yeah. yeah I think I've done a, a either a lunch or dinner so this was a first breakfast right so as Michelle mentioned, it is a rotating um, restaurant. So we got a nice booth where we could look out yeah. and we could see Living with the Land. It's kind of the dark ride portion of Living living in the Land that you go through, as well as you kind of see some of the lobby for a little bit there. But we made, I think during our entire time there, we made just about one complete rotation of, of the, the dining area. Yeah, so we got to yeah. see virtually every part of that part of living with the land. Right. One thing I want to point out too, is when you're doing the uh, mobile check-in as you're, when that opens up from your reservation, it's nice that they give you an option to select your preferred seating. So whether you wanted a table or a booth, I think those were the options, right? right? They give you that option. Yes. Right. So that was kind of nice that, um, they, they give you that option. I think the other one was also like first available, but it's cool that you can do that and, yeah. and, and then that way you're, you know, you feel like you have a little bit more say in where you're getting to sit. Mm -hmm. We did, as Michelle mentioned already, it was a character dining experience. We did get four characters that we could see. We had Chip and Dale. Right. We had Pluto and we had 
Mickey Mouse, the man, the mouse himself. Yes. Um, the boss himself. Um, and we actually were there long enough for them to come around twice right. while we were there. So we got many, many pictures, some with us, with them, some just of them. But it was a fun interaction uh, while we were there. And I'm sure if, we, if it was full families with kids and everything, we know, I know I heard a lot of people around us just right. getting a, the greatest time um, with them. Yeah, the characters are great because they really do try to um, do an interaction. Obviously, they're not speaking but they do really engage the people who are in the the restaurant so it's not just standing there and taking a picture they 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 come out very animated and you know really get that that fun going and then they are available for autographs and for pictures you know um and when we sat the the server even you know, recommended if we wanted autographs, have everything out and ready. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So yeah. be prepared for that. If you are going to do this dining experience, it's worth it. Yeah. So that's part of it. You know I mean? Because let's face it, it's going to be more expensive than your regular, uh, regular breakfast anywhere. But you know, the fact that you get this access to these characters without having to wait in, in what could be an extended line. Um, and like I said, multiple times we were able to access them. Um, I think it, it helps add to the value of this breakfast. Right. And as with a lot of the character breakfasts, it is an all you can eat, but because it's a rotating uh, restaurant, you're not getting up to buffet tables. Mm -hmm. They're bringing the food to you, which I thought was also a nice convenience um, to not have to be, you know, going through lines or anything like that. Yeah. The only thing I think I would have said character wise that I wish they had is rather than having the same characters visit us twice, I think if they had had two more different characters, right. there might have been uh, a slightly bad, not that it was bad. Right. I really enjoyed it. I'm, you know, I was glad to see the characters a couple times. But if we had six characters rather than four, sure. maybe it might have been one. You get more experiences, but also you, you don't have that double up. Right. right you know? Yeah. So, but I, I'm not going to well, com really complain about other, it because it was good. Right. Characters must have had to be busy doing I other, know, I other know. breakfasts. Yeah, they're so. all, they're all we, the, yeah. They are very, very busy. Exactly. Very busy. So they have to do definitely um, be everywhere. <laughs> Divide and conquer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's what the meal consists of. You start off with a cinnamon pull apart bread, which is phenomenal. Oh, and delicious. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and you get some slices of watermelon and you get your choices of juice, coffee, um, water, tea. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, they have the pog juice there, which yeah. of course we had to get the pog juice because, you know, <laughs> every chance you get to get the pog juice, you're going to get the pog juice every time. Um, so we got that. And then you get what essentially is a skillet, um, it, depending on how you like it. It could be a family size full skillet or like more, if people want kind of different things, like I know Michelle ordered um, the vegetarian. Uh, yeah, the vegetarian. Uh, so it was all plant based skillet. Uh, except for the cheese. Right. The um, right. Because you could do a, a vegan or, or plant based or a vegetarian. So they were similar. Like she, like you said, it's yeah. the cheese. Yeah. The cheese is the difference. I think the main difference. Cheese omelet, yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, cheese scramble. Well, no, cheese. Like, it was cheesy potatoes. I think that's was the right. Thing. It was like a scramble. But then his cheesy potatoes, and he didn't get the cheesy potatoes, or maybe he just got potatoes with the vegan. I can't recall what it was. Right. But anyway, so you got um, plant-based sausage, um, Mickey waffles, mm -hmm. um, eggs, cheesy potatoes. I think that's everything you had in yours. And um, I, I think the waffles also might have been 
the other thing that may have been right. She said if you if you want uh, plant based, not to, because of the milk product. Right. In the yeah, bottle. I think that might have been the case. And definitely, she she was also like, "Don't, don't. If you're if you're vegan, don't touch the cinnamon. Pull apart. Right. There's right. a lot right. of butter in there." <laughs> um, but um, and then I got the regular one, which was bacon. Um, it, it was bacon in replacing the the sausage, right. the plant based sausage, and everything else was pretty much the same. Oh, and there was also like some. Um, some sliced flank steak right. with um, a ranchero sauce, which was barely there. I didn't really notice that, but some sliced flank steak that came along with it as well. Anyway, it was a good, extremely hearty breakfast. Right. Um, it's it's all you care to enjoy. We could barely, we didn't finish what we had. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so there's no worries about that, that's right. for sure. Pretty hefty servings, like, you know, for the eggs, uh, I think I, you know, I, it would look like it could have been four or five eggs in the, the egg scramble. So, it, you know, considering you having all this other, you know, the Mickey waffles and the pull apart bread and the eggs, it's pretty filling. Yeah, I mean, I think because it was just two of us, if it was a family of four or something, they give you a larger skillet, but right. then you're probably going to dip into another right. round with that. Right. Um, so there's a fair chance that that's going to happen. It just, we had enough for us. We did package up some, we had some of the cinnamon pull apart bread. We took that and packaged right. that up in a little carry out box that we had with us. And uh, it was all good. Right. Now they don't have carry out to go to no, container. She, she offered to bring us some like tall paper coffee cups if we wanted to, but we had had, because we were thinking of, you know, more the food from the festival that if we wanted to bring some back to our room later in the day that we might do that. So we, that we did have something to bring back some of that extra. Yeah, we brought back a couple of Mickey waffles. Too, right. right. We had a couple of those left over as well. So that was all good. Uh, it was a great breakfast. Highly recommended um, as something different, especially if you're going to the festivals to try out mm -hmm. some of the foods. I think this is a great option. Plus the character aspect right. of it, I think is spectacular. And, you know, the chance to see this kind of view of, you know, the areas of living with the land. It right. just kind of adds to it all. Right. It's really cute. And when you're not seeing that that area of the, the attraction, there's some really great murals and things mm -hmm. that are around that you can yeah. see. So I, I recommend it. it. You know, it is a little bit pricey, mm -hmm. but it's it's to me there's some value there, especially when you throw in the show aspect and the character right, aspect. Right, right. Yeah, if you're going to be really wanting to see a performance at the uh, at the one of the festivals, because I know all the festivals do have different types of performances, it is it is a way to do it that it's a little less expensive than some of the other dining option packages, and it gives you that special character breakfast and the freedom to enjoy some of the other things that sure. you can enjoy throughout right. the day there at Epcot and any of their international festivals. So once we're done with that, we've been looking over living with the land for so long. We had to, of course, do living yeah. with the land because we love living with the land. So we did that. That was great. Um, we were just about to head out that I mentioned to Michelle. Hey, Soren is still soaring over California. Yeah. The, uh, 
better version of Soren. <laughs> so we had to do that. There was a little bit of a wait, but it wasn't terrible when right. we were there. You know, we were like, we had, by the way, we had no inkling of what was to come at that point because everything seemed pretty normal right. to that point. Um, so, you know, it was like, a, I think it ended up being like a 25 minute wait. It was posted at 35 minutes. Right. And we're like, great. You got on, did Soren over California. It's still amazing. It's still fantastic. Yes. We loved it. I'm sure you enjoyed it, Michelle. I did. Yeah, I did. Then we walked out of line and we noticed that it had jumped up from 35 minutes to something like 75 minutes know, for crazy. the wait. Yeah. Like just in that time, like we had just gotten there under the wire. Right. We're like, whoa, that's crazy. What's going on? Then we walked outside. Well, even before that, we, we thought about since we were still feeling pretty full for breakfast, we knew we weren't going to go eat more festival food right away. So we thought, oh, maybe we could do the behind oh, right. the seeds tour. Right, which because we hadn't done that in many, many years. Right. Now. And that's something that you could always get into because I don't I just think a lot of people didn't know about it and stuff. And when we inquired, because it was one that was going to be starting in about 10 minutes, they said they were completely, completely. sold out for the entire day already. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. <laughs> right. Not so early in the day anyway. Right. So um, we're like, okay, hmm, interesting. Maybe because it's chilly outside, a lot of people want to do more indoor Indoors. stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, those greenhouses are nice and toasty warm. Right. Okay. Maybe I get it. I didn't get the soaring while it was around 75 minutes. That seemed crazy to me, but okay, good. We walked outside, started going towards World Showcase um, to many of these food, these wonderful festival marketplaces. Right. And we went by one and the line was ridiculously long. Yeah. Whoa, that's pretty crazy. We went by another. The line was ridiculously long. Whoa. That's crazy as well. Yeah. We even thought, all right, let's try over at Connection Cafe. They had a special festival um, cocktail, almost like a kind of reminded me of a mimosa type of style of it was it wasn't that it was a lemon and blueberry uh, drink. Like a lemonade, a vodka lemonade. Right. With a thing of cotton candy that came right. with it. Yeah, blueberry cotton candy. So we thought, all right, let's mobile order that. Um, well, first of all, we couldn't find that drink on the mobile order, but even to try to get a mobile order for Connection Cafe at that moment was going to be like 35 minutes. Mm. So we thought, all right, maybe if we just walk over, and it, it was, the lines there were shorter because most people were mobile ordering and we were able to get it. And but, you asked, they, they didn't have any signage out for the drink, but you asked and right. they, they, the drink was there. I finally saw a sign like way back. I don't know why they, they were kind of high. Yeah, it's like right at the, right. where you pick up the food, not by right. the register. Um, but yeah, so it was like, wow, this is weird because it's, Usually you can get food from Connection right. Cafe fairly within, you know, like now to 20 minutes or something like that. And by the way, that drink was pretty tasty, but I don't know if I'd recommend it specifically as like an, a must do. Right. It's not bad. I don't know. If personally, if I thought it was a must do, I don't know what you thought. Michelle. Yeah, it was nice. I, 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 I'm glad I tried it. But like you said, it's not something I would look forward to say, oh, yeah, next festival, I want to try that again or something. Right. Yeah. So anyway, after that, we did go around and lines, lines, lines. And I'm not just talking at the marketplaces. There were lines at virtually everything where right. there could be a line. Yes. I mean, like significant lines. And there were people, it was like everybody in Central Florida had decided, you know what? This is the day I want to go to Epcot. <laughs> right. It was 
crazy busy. Like it was holiday busy. Yeah, it, it really was. You know, a couple things is, you know, when we went to the holiday of the festivals, we went the first weekend they were open and it was crowded, not as crowded as this one, but it was crowded. And we thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. First weekend of the holiday festival. So this one, well, because we were traveling, we couldn't go to the first weekend. So we thought, all right, the second weekend shouldn't be as bad. So, but like Tom's saying, everything was and and the lines weren't just long they were like queuing and they were connecting almost to other like in the the line for the japanese marketplace right. the one where you get the sushi donut was all the way to the american experience right. it was the longest line i've ever seen for a marketplace right. and it wasn't just a straight line because they had a, a zigzag yes. queue closer to the actual uh, booth at japan yeah. Um, yeah, it was, and it was like that for most every marketplace we went, not maybe not that long. I think that was the longest one we saw, right. but they were extremely long lines. The other one, Pop Eats, was ridiculously yes. long as well. The one where you get the tomato soup and the pimento cheese, right. sa- uh, grilled cheese sandwich, um, which is unfortunate because I really wanted that. Right. Um, but it was, it was pretty nuts everywhere. So we were deciding pretty quickly that we we're going to have to, find what we can and maybe make right. some changes. As we mentioned before, adapting to our right. plans and how this day was going to go. We did find a relatively short line at the artist table at the American Adventure Pavilion, right. which is good because there were a couple things we wanted to try yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we were glad. And and unfortunately, we didn't try one of the dishes because we thought, oh, well. We'll still have some other things and yeah, we can come and, back and here. It, right. And it was a dessert one. So we thought, oh, you know, let's wait and get that a little bit later in the day. Yeah. Then that uh, thought no. line became busy too. Uh, so. No. Yeah, uh, we did get, and this is one we tried last year and we enjoyed, um, the duck and dumplings. Mm-hmm. And again, it was fantastic. Yes. Um, it's a winner. It's smoked duck breast with ricotta dumplings, baby vegetables, and duck jus. It's a winner. Yes. It's it's a it's a beautiful dish. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you said beautiful dish because it, it is very eye-appealing as well as tasty. Yeah. Um, that, and we also picked up a, a cup of the Lost Coast Brewery Peanut Butter Chocolate Milk Stout because if you know us, you know we're fans and we got to try right. virtually every stout they have <laughs> on a menu out there. Um, and Michelle, I don't think, was hitting her as well. I mean, she, you were okay with it, but okay it wasn't it. your favorite. Yeah, it, it was... I- I would drink it again, but I, I wouldn't say it's the best stout that yeah, I've had. No. You know, I wouldn't say that either, but right. I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, it's I, okay. I was okay finishing most of it, <laughs> with Michelle having some of it and me finishing most of it. Um, but as it turned out, we, we kept, okay, well, that's it. Maybe this was just the rush at the beginning of the day because right. it was a little after 11 a.m. when these marketplaces just opened. Maybe everybody's just going there and these lines are going to gradually start to taper off. Right. But no, throughout the day, everything, lines, 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 it was nuts. Yeah, and even around World Showcase, the crowds, not just in the lines, but of people walking, it was as Tom mentioned a little earlier ago, very reminiscent of holiday time. I mean, it was almost, and I, in fact, I was thinking of it and I heard somebody behind me, um, somebody, I think there was a, a couple and they had a stroller, their, their child in a stroller. And they're like, we have to plan to be able to exit to the left so that they could get to one of the pavilions. And that's kind of what you really had to do. You couldn't, 
it wasn't just free put and your open. blinker on yeah <laughs> it was uh, it was constant flow of people um most people were you know sticking to the right on in both directions so that it was somewhat orderly but with these lines at the marketplaces and all the other places too you also had to adjust by going right. around those as well yes because yes there was so much yeah every on. once in a while you'd see a little bottleneck happening yeah. and things like that so it, it was um more like not maybe christmas day but maybe four days before Christmas or something yeah, like that. around was, spring break-ish yeah, time. Yeah. It was like, and, and we spoke with some uh, other people we were with at one point, and we actually ended up spe speaking with some cast members. Other yeah. They said they had spoken to cast members themselves, and they didn't know why. Right. Like they were they all had, shocked. They were not expecting these crowds right, from right. what the, the cast members were telling them and telling us. Right. I mean, even, of course, it was very later in the day but one of the other locations we went to um we heard that they had run out of some of the, yeah. the festival food so i mean it was later it was i think they were only going to be open another maybe 35 40 minutes but i, I could see why it happened because it it was just constant all day super long lines everything you know the funnel cakes it was <laughs> 50 topping out at 50 degrees in the Kokugaya, uh, you know, the, uh, the shaved right. ice, um, was, was, yeah. had a long line. <laughs> I, I mean, it was every, uh, the, the Vins de France, the wine, right. you know, stand super long line. Oh yes. The maple popcorn in Canada, super long, line. everything, the standard popcorn, super long line. Everything was lines. Right. I mean, it was like, I, like nothing I'd ever seen during a non-holiday period at, yeah. a, at the at Epcot. Right. I remember even hearing somebody say, you know, they had their refillable, um, popcorn uh, container and they're like, no, I can't even stay in that line to get a refill. Yeah. I mean, it, it was every single line was really, you know, you had to decide. It was kind of like if you didn't have Genie Plus and you're trying to decide which attractions you're going to go to. It's like, what do I want to spend the bulk of my right. day doing? What am I going to wait an hour for at the marketplace? <laughs> I know. Um, so we pivoted, obviously we're like, you know, as much as we want to try all this food, we're not ready to wait for 40 minutes to try. I love the sushi donut, but right. I, the sushi donut is not 40 minutes worth of wait time for me, you know? Right. And we kept thinking, okay, as the day goes on, you know, maybe when it gets into the off meal times, like maybe around two thirty, three thirty, four, that it'll start settling down. Yeah. I was very glad we had a big breakfast. <laughs> yes. And um, we ended up filling, we went up to the DVC lounge at one point and got some little, you know, they have Cheez-Its and stuff up there. Right. <laughs> they have a little of those and some sodas and everything, you know, we got, but we were not getting food virtually any there without a, a significant weight. Right. So um, the one thing that since we did pivot, we did do is get up with several photos. We, we you know, right. luckily Michelle has part of her uh, annual pass. We have the photo pass, mm -hmm. you know, with memory maker. So we went around and got several great photos during that way. Yeah. Although we were many more, many more layers of clothes than we normally <laughs> have on. I think on <laughs> Sunday, you'll see some pictures with us if we haven't posted where we're still wearing our coats and our gloves. Right. Because yes. it was like in the thirties on, yes. on, uh, on Sunday morning. Um, but we did pictures, we walked around, we did some things that we hadn't done in a while, like we did Canada far and wide. Right. 
Um, you know, and we just kind of made the best of the day yeah. that we could. As we went through there, we did check out a lot of the art, which was yes. a good part of it. There were so many talented artists out there at the Inter- Epcot International Festival of the Arts. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. I knew there was something else that was my favorite thing of this week and had to do with that, that we were so fortunate to be able to meet um, the one and only Don, Donald, right? Don, Don. Duck, Ducky Williams. Yes. And uh, if you don't know him, he is an animator. He artist artist. Yeah. Um, he has done animation, but right, mostly he's most an artist. artist. And uh, if you've ever been on a Disney cruise, you've seen his work there being displayed and for sale. You if could have been in concierge. You probably right, received one of his lithographs, right? Things of that nature. I mean, he really does try to capture the essence of the, mainly the OG characters. Uh, although he does a lot of others. One, we saw him working on a piece that had um, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and he really spent some great quality time with us describing how he does a layering effect to really get the the look that he's trying to achieve. Uh, and then he he actually shared with us his journey of how he got to the company and what he gained from the company it was amazing to hear that he didn't even start his his art career or his career with Disney until he was in his uh, mid to late 30s and before that he was doing uh, jobs that had nothing to do with animation or art he was a banker and you know it was just incredible to hear that story and then for him to talk about uh, what we hear a lot of artists with the Disney company share that they were mentors and how, you know, he, he would have that opportunity to learn from other artists. He said for airbrushing, he would just watch and talk to people. And then when he finally got a gig for Disney to do an airbrush, he had somebody he could contact if he was having challenges. And so it it just was a great inspiring presentation that he gave just to us standing there talking just to, to us him. and some other, um, you know, guests that were nearby yeah, that kind of just kind of stood there while he was talking. Yeah, it was interesting because we first went by and we were checking out there, there was an area and it's kind of near, you know, the test track area near the um, club cool, the uh, creations, not the creations shop. Yeah, the creations shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of near there. They have a, a, a various different stands with several different artists right. there. And we noticed he was there. We went up to him and introduced ourselves and we got a picture of him and we're looking at his work. And, we're like, and later on, Michelle's like, oh, I really wish we had gotten a selfie with him because we're terrible at getting pictures right. with people, as we already talked about with Justin and Casey earlier. <laughs> um, so we ended up, okay, we'll go back. Hopefully he's still there. It looked like when we got there, he had just come back from maybe a break or right. from a lunch break or something along those lines. He was just getting set up again. And we asked him nicely. We're like, oh, you know, is it okay if we get a selfie? He was, oh, yeah, sure. Let's go over here. Right. It's better light over here. We can go get a selfie. So we went over there and got a picture with him. Came back and we we're just talking with him a little bit. And he just started like chatting us up right for it was it was about 20 minutes yes i think telling us all about his process of creating the art telling him about his career going back to the the nine old men right uh you know with disney animation throughout it um you know doing a lot of the stuff uh, the artwork for 
Walt Disney World right. and especially Epcot when it first opened up onward to the cruise lines, you know, and it was it was fascinating talk and he was more than happy to share everything. And it was uh, it was it was pretty it was just pretty cool. Yes, it was. He was so generous with his time and, and, and sharing so many great, wonderful stories with us. And I, I would never have expected that. And, you know, again, thanks to those long lines, I don't know that we would have taken that opportunity to really look at much of that art or to in, interact with art. I mean, we would were, have, but I don't know if we would, we, I think we would have focused more on the food right. and less on the art. Yeah. Um, you know, especially since that area didn't have as much of the food we right. were planning to sample. So that was a, a really good bonus that came out of this. Again, yes. the adaptation pivoting on as things went happened throughout the day that was a, a wonderful experience that popped up at yeah. so happy and we talked with some other artists who were willing to break down right. um their process and what they were thinking of when they were creating some of this art and it was really really fascinating stuff highly recommend if you go to the epcot international festival of the arts that take the time whether you're going to purchase any art or not right talk with them the artists are there and they're they're thrilled to tell you about their art and and what they're thinking was in creating it. Right. Just so many interesting stories, you know, and, and there is really a lot of great, interesting art there, mm -hmm. you know, very, um, I don't know, just like one of the artists we were talking to, his art was just so mesmerizing mm -hmm. to me. It was very unique, but definitely captured the essence of characters. He, he had a, a variety of characters, but like Tom said, he shared stories like how one one particular piece, how he was working on it for several months, you know, almost a year and just didn't know where to go with it, you know, and, and just kind of got away from it for a little while and then finally got re-inspired and, and became one of his favorites. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's it. I mean, uh, these were great pieces, stunning pieces. This is why we started to talk with him in the first place. But when he broke it down and explained what he was thinking when he was creating these, right. um, it brought even more interest to them. Yeah, Really, really cool, fascinating um, pieces of art. And if we had any space to put them, yes. we may have, we may, it may have dented our bank account a little bit because it was good stuff out there for sure. Right, yeah, it was beautiful works. So once we had talked with uh, Don Ducky Williams, it was like, okay, we're not getting anywhere here. We're not getting in lines. You know what? Our resort room is ready. Let's go ahead and get our stuff out of the car back there. Maybe when we come back, one, we had our Disney on Broadway show coming up, right. but maybe some of the lines will start to diminish a right. little bit. We can go ahead and maybe try some food later. So we went back to our resort, got everything done there, you know, waited, sat there for maybe a half an hour or so. Right. It was like, okay, now it's time for us to head back. Hopped on the Disney bus, got back to Epcot, went immediately to our show. We were at the 5.30 show um, for right. the Disney on Broadway, mm -hmm. um, they wanted to. They said to line up a half an hour early. Um, I would suggest a little earlier than that if you want a really, really good. Right. I mean, you're going to get good seats anyway yes. because you're on one side. I think it's the first five or six right. rows, and the other side's the like first three, three. rows mm -hmm. um, that you have available to you when you have that dining package. Um, and they said that was the first time to that day was the first time that they were actually opening both sides of that that stadium open to have people with the dining package. So I guess they usually just had everybody 
on the left side, but they did open the three rows also. Yeah. Right. So we ended up getting there early enough that we got a really nice seat, second row on the left side, um, pretty much pretty near center. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were pretty happy with it. Um, and then we did the show. Now, the reason we wanted to do this show, well, mostly is about me because <laughs> hashtag real men love frozen. Um, the, the people who were performing that night were the two women who were Anna and Elsa on the original, uh, frozen on Broadway. Right. Um, which was that they had been there the week before, but this was their first appearance out there. Um, I really wanted to see Frozen on Broadway. Unfortunately, it it's it's now closed on Broadway. Right. There still is some touring out there. On uh, originally, we had tickets to go. See, they were going. The touring company was going to be coming to San Diego. Right. The week after COVID struck. <laughs> so that got canceled. So I didn't get to see that. So I was like, this is the closest thing I'm going to get to go see it. So we wanted to go see. And the, these women, uh, Casey Levy and Patty Murin. Mm-hmm. Casey Levy plays um, Elsa and Patty mm-hmm. Murin plays, played Anna on Broadway. And they were together doing this show. And... It was everything I hoped for. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful show, Michelle. Right. It was it was obviously it wasn't a recreation of the of the play. It but it was a variety of Disney Broadway songs that they sang. And it was also really heartwarming to see how they have created a friendship like a sisterhood in real life from that their experience on, on Broadway and but their talent it was just incredible. You could see why they were the ones cast to be the original Anna and Elsa on Broadway. Because they even admitted that they're like that is their personality. Like right. Anna, you know, Patty Murin is Anna, right? Essentially in real life, <laughs> and uh, Casey Levy is very much uh, Elsa in real life. Right. And it, it even came across sometimes on stage. Sure, yeah. sure. But it was, uh, and they they were um, backed up by a a band that was really spectacular as well. I I thought the entire, you know, performance, the lighting, the setting, everything really supported an amazing show. I, I, you know, I was definitely interested in going and happy we were going to be there, but it really blew me away. Yeah, it wasn't a long show. They did, uh, I want to say about seven songs, I think. Three from Frozen, um, two which you would... No, if you hadn't seen the Broadway stage, they did for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, of course, Let It Go, right? Um, which was both were brilliant. Um, they also did another song, which unfortunately I don't know the title of. It's from the, it's actually an extra added song that was uh, made for the Broadway musical that they sang together, which I loved as well. And then they did some songs for some other various Disney on Broadway right. shows and also um, the movie The Greatest Showman. They did a song from that right. as well. And it was just a really wonderful that they're both, as Michelle mentioned already, very talented. Um, I thought it was put together well. The flow was really good. And it was just an enjoyable about uh, 40, 45 minutes show. Right. You know, they, they totally utilize the, the, the stage. So, you know, you're, if you have that dining package, you're right up front. You're right there with them. Um, there is a little runway that comes center stage out a little bit so they can get to a few rows back as well to be seen by everybody there. Um, but they they really did, not just them. I could see that that is a great setting for performances to, to go to. And um, in addition, you know, obviously, we like I said, we've done the 
the candlelight processional. But this really also was excellent. Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of Disney on Broadway at all, um, we've seen many of these performers. Mm-hmm. This, we've seen some of the ones that are coming are, are performing now and have performed other weeks. All We've already seen them at point that we would be happy to see them again because right. they're all extremely talented and they do fantastic jobs with their shows. Um, like I said, we made a special point of this one because um, we had not seen these performers before. So we really wanted to take that in. Um, but it's, it's, it, if you're a fan of those, uh, I recommend you going to check it out or at least, you know, passing by and, 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 you know, taking the listen um, right. because they're, they're really good shows. Yes. And it's not just the performances. It's great how they do share some of their personal stories and, and things. So it's, it's definitely a heartwarming experience as well. Mm-hmm. So really, really enjoyed it. I was very yeah. happy we made a point of doing that. Um, it, it tied up everything with the um, the breakfast package and everything, the dining package that we had done very well. And I was I was glad we did it, and I would happily do it again for mm-hmm. for any of the, the Garden Rocks, you know, the uh, of course the Candlelight Processional. Right. I think it's basically the only way to do the Candlelight Processional, yes. especially for some of the big named. Um, you know, narrators right. out there. Um, definitely, it's the way. Um, hi, I, I think that if you really want to specifically see one of these shows, it's the best way to guarantee you're going to see them right. without having to wait for hours yes. um, to do it. So um, really look into it um, if, you, if that's what you want to do. Now, after the show, luckily, in the morning before, we had decided, you know what? We knew it was going to be cold. We were going to try and make it out to see Luminous at the end of the evening. But we knew, like, the sun was going to go down. It was going to be in the 40s. Right. We're like, we may need a spot in there somewhere where we need to just get out of the cold for a little bit of while, you know. And this, we're like, okay, this will be later in the day. We'll have tried some festival foods. Maybe we can just get into one of the restaurants and do something simple like a soup. Right. You know, maybe a glass of wine or something. Maybe a dessert and a glass of wine. We'll just see how we feel. So early in the day, we had booked a reservation for Chefs de France, right. which is a restaurant that we love going to from time to time. We don't get there very often because it seems like when we're going, there's it's usually some sort festival. of Epcot festival going on. So we're sampling all that food. But this seemed the prime ideal time. Thank you. Goodness, we had booked that <laughs> reservation yes. because yes, it was cold, and yes, because we were not able to get that festival food we were expecting, we were very, very hungry. Right. <laughs> again, even after the performance, we were going around, and we kept thinking again, locals will probably start going home around five o'clock, six o'clock. Nope, people weren't leaving. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. By the way, I forgot to mention this when we left to go to our resort to you know. To, check in and get our bags up and everything. We looked at the Epcot parking lot. It was walled. Like, you know how deep that Epcot parking lot is? Yeah. It was cars all the way to the back. Right. And yes. they just even every more. Of the, every one of the lots were full. More verified how busy that day yes. was. Nuts. Nuts. So we sat down. We decided, you know, we're not just... Not just doing the bowl of soup and glass of wine. We're doing the full thing at Chefs de France. Right. And that's exactly what we did. We did split uh, a French onion soup. Mm-hmm. And we ended up um, both having different entrees. I think you did the, the seafood dish. Right. Which was, it was shrimp sure. and scallops. Mm-hmm. And potatoes, and it was in a beurre blanc. Right, yes, and it was heavenly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was with the help of our server recommending because mm-hmm. I, I did feel like having some seafood, and so he did help guide 
which which one and he suggested that one to be the better one mm -hmm. very huge shrimp too i'm you know it was giant yeah it's serving yeah it was it was a good amount of food and yes. as a matter of fact we walked out with a little bit of food from your leftover from yours and even more from mine right. i got the bouffe bourguignon right uh, the beef bourguignon um which is always a hit from chef de france tender beef um with some vegetables great sauce um they 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 Say it's going to be on pasta there, but the the server and you should will recommend always that you use a mashed potato, right? Which is a happily substitute, and I agree that's the best way to go. With that's more traditional with bouffe bourguignon. Right. I don't know why they they decided pasta is the way yeah. to go, but um, and that was very the soup again, the French onion soup there. Yes, even if you're just going to stop in there for the French onion soup, worth it. Um, and then both our entrees, I think, were fantastic. Yeah, as well. yeah, totally enjoyed it. Um, had a, a nice glass of wine, mm -hmm. and it was just so. It was we were right by the window. It was cozy. Um, it was busy in there too. Every table was filled. I a little think. noisy. Yeah, but right, it was right. good. But yes, you could see that again. Other people were realizing they weren't going to be getting festival food as well, probably, and and taking advantage of, of and they like us wanted to get out of the cold right. for a little bit too sure, i think sure. that was part of it so yeah we ended up doing the full dinner we really enjoyed it um we, we talked about how we need to go to chef de france more right because the food there is always great we always love it there um so we need to do that more often uh then we exited and luckily by that point the lines were starting to diminish by some at some of the festival mm -hmm. things however we just eaten a full meal right so we're like <laughs> what are we gonna do now um, yeah because this was closer to about right. eight eight fifty or so it was 15. like it was about eight it was just a little bit before eight i yep. think um and we were like and we walked outside and it was cold we, it was so cold and we thought about it we were like are we gonna stick out to luminous and be shivering out here right we tried to hang out and do some things to you know see if we could just stick it out and i think that if that had been our one chance to see luminous we would have toughed it out right however we knew <laughs> we're not that far away right we can come back whenever we want and see luminous yes when it's a much more pleasant temperature for us exactly so we ended up going to the uh at the french pavilion the la art de la cuisine francaise Mm -hmm. which is their marketplace there. The line has was relatively short there. That's where Michelle was talking about that they had sold out on most of their dishes right. already. However, they did have their molten var, uh, Valhrana uh, chocolate cake with hazelnut crunch and mango raspberry coulis. We picked that up, put it in a box, took it back to our resort, <laughs> opened up a bottle of wine, had some wine and enjoyed that. What did you think of that dessert, Michelle? I really liked it. Of course, I'm a big fan of that particular chocolate. We've had it on Disney cruises and um, it's just um, an amazing chocolate. And the, the presentation I thought was beautiful. It, it, it had, um, it was kind of on an oblong plate and it was the cake was on one side and then it had like a, a what was it like a gel kind of yeah the coolie coolie yeah. um fruit coolie that looked like a fire coming from yeah. it like a flame coming out of the of the cake so it was really artistically beautiful as well um and i just thought it tasted delicious yeah it's a win um yes. if you're a, if you're a fan of chocolate um chocolate cakes um, it's a win. Yes. Get that one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's well worth it. And 
and we were happy to do so. So that was it. We just kind of relaxed in the, the room, warmed up because right. we were very cold, um, enjoyed that dessert, you know, enjoyed a glass of wine, went to bed because, you know, we wanted to start the next day, you know, doing well. And by the way, again, we were at uh, the Copper Creek mm-hmm. um, part, Copper Creek Villas there at the Wilderness Lodge. Um, we still love that resort, love those rooms, those DVC rooms. Right, yeah. It, it, you know, the studios there are well laid out, uh, you know, good use of the space. We did have a balcony that had, you know, it was, we were actually on a lower floor, um, but it still had a very pretty uh, view from our balcony. On pine trees, yes. it did feel like we were in the woods, in the wilderness, yeah, yeah, in the wilderness, yeah. So it was beautiful. Um, unfortunately, because it was so cold, it wasn't like conducive to sitting out on the balcony. Um, but would definitely recommend that that resort, right? For sure, um, it worked for us. We're happy to that for us to be one of our home resorts, mm-hmm. and we'll stay there regularly because it's really beautiful, right? One, the Wilderness Lodge in general is fantastic, yes. how cozy that place is. But these rooms are laid out really well, and we really enjoy them. Uh, one thing I also forgot to mention, we did on our way out pause for a bit and get to check out World Celebration finally at night. Right. And get to see how it lit up with the music That's and Spaceship Earth putting mm-hmm. on its show and everything. And, oh, my gosh, it's so good. That's such a wonderful addition to Epcot. Yes. What they've done there is really, really magical. Right. It really is very special and worthy of taking a moment to just stand there and, and be a part of it, be a, a, among it. And how I'm reading that for the other area that still is under construction to be opened later is also going to be incorporating similar lighting, uh, ground lighting, et cetera. So um, I think it's 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 great now. I, I just think it's going to be so spectacular yeah. once the whole area is complete. For us on a chilly night, we just took a moment. Right. Um, I think later on, as the temperatures are better, we can take a longer period. Right. Like I would be happy to just sit there. Um, with a glass of wine yeah. or whatever and just watch the whole show. I, I could sit there for a long period of right. time and just take it all in because yes. there's some great comfortable places to sit and the show is pretty magnificent. Right. Um, highly recommended. So as I said, went to bed, got up the next morning, uh, went out and met with Justin and Casey mm-hmm. um, for their cup of coffee, spent the nice morning with them and just enjoyed their company. Then it was time, okay, we're like, this is it. We're going back to Epcot and we're going to try those foods. Right. We got, went in through the, the line didn't look bad as we got to the parking kiosk there and, you know, scan in. scanned in, went there. As soon as we got in there, there was a backlog of people and the parking lot was already, I mean, we were gone later in the morning. So right. people had already arrived. Parking lot was already full. Not all the way full, but very far back right. already. And it was yeah. looked like it was taking a long time just to get the cars in. So we knew. Yeah, there was like three rows of long rows of cars. More trying than to, that, I yeah, think, actually. Trying to get in. It was pretty nuts. And we decided really quickly, we're like looking at the app, like, where are we going to go? We cannot do this again. Right. It's just not going to be worth it to us. It's going to take us long enough just to get into park. Um, what can we do? And Michelle looked up and said, you know what? It's not that bad. We can find some things to do at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So luckily we were in the lane where we could make the U-turn <laughs> out of the parking area. And we beelined over to Disney's Hollywood right. Studios, which was also 
pretty busy yes, that day. Yes. Not compared to Epcot. Right, right. But it was pretty busy that day. But luckily, the restaurants weren't that busy, especially the Brown Derby Lounge. Right. So we did a walk up for the Brown Derby Lounge. Originally, they said, oh, it's going to be about 45 minutes until you were ready to invite you in. So we're like, okay, we'll go walk around. Maybe we'll go on Star Tours. We got in the line for Star Tours. And then like five minutes into the line of Star Tours, they're like, ah, your, your table's, table's ready. ready. So it was less than, I think it was by maybe 10 minutes tops. Right. Um, we were like, okay, back out of the line, Star Tours <laughs> over there. And we had not done the lounge at the Brown Derby. We've eaten uh, at the Brown Derby, mm -hmm. but we not done the lounge. It was outside. Um, we were luckily enough, just enough in the sun that it wasn't super ridiculously cold. Right. It was a little chilly, but not yeah. ridiculously cold. I mean, cold. we had our jackets. And we had things. our jackets and everything on. Um, and we just sat and ordered a charcuterie board and a couple glasses of Sauvignon Blanc. Right. And we were right out there, um, right next to the railing, outside, people watching. Right. And it was a really nice experience. Yeah, it really was. We had an amazing server as well. And she was just a lot of fun. And, it, you know, it was a nice, relaxing way to experience it and to try, like you said, still trying something new, pivoting from what we expected to try, but still having that ability to have a new experience was yeah. great. Disney, their charcuterie boards, almost everywhere we go, they're wins. I yes. mean, there's some that we find better than others that we right. enjoy more than others, but they're almost always a win. I uh, really enjoyed the charcuterie board so much so we ordered it twice. <laughs> um, really nice glass of Sauvignon Blanc. It was a, it was a beautiful midday out at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Right, exactly. You know, and speaking of of charcuterie boards, uh, one of the things we thought of that morning afterwards is that we didn't take advantage of over at the Wilderness Lodge at their uh, lounge that's the, the inside territory the lounge. territory lounge that's inside the lobby area has an amazing charcuterie That may be board. our favorite charcuterie board. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, why didn't we think yeah, to do that? Late. Late. <laughs> um, on the on the Saturday night, it was pretty funny. So, it, but just want to point that out if you ever have an yeah. opportunity to go there. They do have some that that's great, but they also have some other small plates that are delicious. There. Right, we put it back on our list of like, yeah, that's something we have to do very, yes. very soon in the near future. That so we'll be going back and doing that sometime soon. Right, but so basically, we did that. We enjoyed it. We walked around the park. We tried to get into a few things. We did eventually do star tours. Um, you know, we checked out some shops. We took some pictures. Just kind of just enjoyed the day. Right. Again, it was busy there too. Not as busy. Not as crazy as it was at Epcot, but. Right. It was fairly busy there too, but we just took it all in, got to about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and we're like, you know what? We're good. We're good. Right. We've had a good weekend. Yes. Despite the crowds, despite everything, we've adapted, we've pivoted, we've made adjustments, we've still had a great time, and it was a very, very fun Walt Disney World trip. Oh, for sure. I mean, totally... Uh, totally different than the experience we were planned for and expecting, but it brought so many unique, fun, and new things that we would not have tried had we done the festival. Yeah. Still hoping to get back there. Maybe <laughs> before this, I wish this festival ran longer. It doesn't run right. long enough. Um, maybe we'll still get back to be able to sample some of these things that we realize. I really want to get my sushi donut, <laughs> but I don't want to wait in that line for it. <laughs> Um, so we'll see if we get back there before, but either way, whether we get back, whether we don't, we did have a wonderful trip. We just had to make 
a change to what our plans were. Right. And, you know, that can happen to anybody. And so, uh, you know, and, and there are other ways to do it, too. We could have toughed it out in the lines if we had wanted to. But this worked for us. But like I said, I think making those changes uh, and being open and adaptable were giving us gems of things that we would not have experienced otherwise. For sure. Um, so, yes. All these trips, when you're going to Disney, when you're going on any vacation, you, you, you know, you should always plan, 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 plan. It's good to plan, but also be ready to adapt as you need because things happen. Right. And this is just a key place for that, for yes. sure. Yeah. And all of that actually reminds me of a quote. Um, it's by Martin Buber. I heard this on um, uh, Rick Steve's travel podcast there was a guest that talked about it he wasn't martin buber i think he lived back in the 1800s but i love the quote he said all journeys have secret destinations that the traveler is unaware of yeah, i like that believe me we were unaware yeah. of what our destination was going to be for this weekend uh, but we had a lot of fun and you know despite the craziness um we we still had a wonderful trip and yeah. we're so glad we, we did it all. Right, right. In some aspects, it may have been a lot better than going by what we had planned. Yeah, a lot of things that we happened that we did not expect. Right. Some things that we did expect, but not everything. And we just, you know, again, we just made the best of it. Yeah. So that is a look at our January 2024 Walt Disney World visit, crowd changes and the joy of adaptation. So again, you know, the best thing you could do for any vacation, for any visit, especially to the parks is, yes, we mentioned it already, plan, because you want to plan these things out as much as possible, but no, like don't have everything focused on certain things because you may have an unfortunate trip if you think that it has to go exactly as you plan right, it. Right, Be prepared that you can adapt, that you can move, that things can happen differently than you expect. Right, and maybe as you're doing your research is to have some backup options that you might want to tap in on. Yep, exactly. Or Good just point. Be, and also be exploring what's around you to say, oh, this might be something interesting. Right. For sure. I think, you know, some, sometimes it's good to have a few things locked in that you know were going to happen. Right. Especially if it's something that you want to be sure happens. Like right. we wanted that Disney or Broadway thing sure. to happen. Yeah. We had that locked in. We knew that was going to happen. Everything else around there, it's like, okay, we'll just go with the flow right. as you can. And believe me, you'll have a much, much more enjoyable time when things go a little nuts. Right. When you can go with the flow a little bit. So. Now, before we get to the Disney stories of the week, you know we have to talk about our great friend Nate with Main Street and more travel because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan 
customize a, a trip that is going to be the best for you, answer your questions. It's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything. High end. It is high end stuff that he will help you out with, answer all your questions. He is there for you to make sure your trip, wherever it may be, be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. And there's never a guarantee, but let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. I do have a couple for you this week. Not as many as I would normally expect at this time of year, but I do have a couple for you. But, you know, there are a couple biggies. I'm going to start with we received a little more information about the future of the Disneyland Resort. This from the OCRegister.com. They said Disney will commit to investing at least $1.9 billion dollars into the Disneyland Resort over the next decade as part of a long-term planning proposal presented to the city of Anaheim that dangles possible projects, now possible projects, not locked in in any stretch of the imagination, based on Wakanda, Zootopia, hashtag room in the frozen, (laughs) and Coco, all are some of our favorite um, areas for sure. The details of the proposed Disneyland forward development agreement between Disney and the city were released on Tuesday, January 23rd, during an Anaheim City Council workshop. The proposal will also include millions more for housing and parks as part of the proposed agreement with Anaheim to pave the way for new development at its theme park properties. The development agreement would give Disney flexibility to choose where it builds new theme park areas, yes, new theme park areas, hotels, and dining within the it's existing footprint, so it's already property that Disney owns. Right. They're not purchasing out new areas, or at least not based on this plan. And in return, it would guarantee the city the continued investment into the resort, along with $30 million for affordable housing and $8 million for parks and money for nearby road improvements. Yeah. I mean, it, we've talked about before that Disneyland does need to have more things for people to experience there it just it there's a demand for it and plus hearing that when they're talking about things like zootopia and frozen they're talking about including those high tech type of experiences that we're seeing rolled out at shanghai and hong kong and so it's really totally bringing not just new things but elevating the experience guests can have there. Right. As we talked about with the Dillos this week uh, about Disneyland, when we discussed right. Disneyland a bit, you know, the, there's it's, it's a very compact space. There's only so much you can fit in there. And so if you want to 
add some of these new areas that are coming, right. they're starting to pop up in parks around the world. Um, you're either going to have to close some beloved attractions that right. already exist, or you're going to have to find new ways to fit them in. And that's what Disneyland Forward is kind of trying to do here is, you know, within the footprint, as they said, of what Disney owns, they are trying to find a way to fit in some of these more modern attractions into the park. Plus, again, you know, one of the big problems with Disneyland right now is that the the reservations get filled up so quickly because there are so many annual pass holders within such a small space right. around that those parks. I mean, within a two-hour drive, there are tens of millions of people. Right. I mean, there's so many people. If you're, if you're, Think of Walt Disney World in Central Florida. It's not even close to how many people are, you know, right. Are, are right around um, the Disneyland Resort. So they need to find more space to be able to put guests and, and allow them to have a wonderful theme park going experience. Right. I mean, and if you think about it, and I don't know if everybody is aware, but California Adventure Park, that whole park was actually created in a parking lot that Disneyland resort used it was you know one of these just giant parking lots they've since moved parking into a parking structure a little bit further away but gave that use that land to create a whole new park so that's how they can they do have some space that they can rearrange things to have more additions to the parks so what you know based on the concept art that we've seen so far what they're planning on doing is adding some space some park additional park room in and around basically where the Disneyland Hotel and what is now the uh, Pixar Place right. Hotel are, are located around there. Also over where the Toy Story lot is now, which is a little bit of a ways away, mm -hmm. not so far away, but a little bit of a ways away. They're adding, they're, they're talking about make creating that into a different space. What they're also going to do is based on this proposal is uh, they weren't going to build a 17,000 space east side parking structure with direct connections from the Santa Ana I-5 freeway. And uh, that would be actually larger than the Mickey and Friends and Pixar Palace parking structure that currently exists. So yeah. a very large parking structure to kind of make up for what would be taking away from the Toy Story lot. There. Right, right. They're also planning on putting in $40 million to pay, help pay for portions of Magic Way, Clementine Street, Gene Autry Way, and Hotel Way to kind of you know, make it easier for people to move in and out of those areas right. as the parks um, are expanded. Upon. Right, right. No, it, it, it is good that they're also looking at the, the infrastructure for transportation as mm -hmm. well as what they need to do for the park. And this all has to be, because this all has to be approved by the city of Anaheim. Right. So the fact that they're willing to put into that money into the infrastructure right. is a good thing for possibly being, uh, making this happen. Now, um, again, this isn't a done deal yet. These are just what we want to do. Right. Now, this will next be voted on, the, on by the Anaheim City Council. They're expected to vote on this Disneyland Forward project sometime this spring. So hopefully we'll get some good news coming around March, April, May about possible Disneyland expansion because it really, really needs to happen. Oh, for sure. For sure. And if you go to the Disney Forward website, you will find information there. If you are a resident and you want to have a voice in this, they, they give you some um, tips on how to 
have that happen as yeah. well. But I'm very, very excited for this. I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I hope that the Anaheim City Council ends up passing this because right. I think it's important for the city, but it's more important also for obviously Disney themselves right. and for Disneyland. I think it... It, you know, they've been doing some great things there within the space that they have, but they really need to be able to open up some new places. Sure. And like I said, bring some of these wonderful lands, experiences that we're seeing elsewhere around the world. Right. Um, there, right in Southern California. Right. And to keep that original park still being as Walt's dream was, that it's yeah. never it's never complete. It's always changing and improving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that, hoping for the best come this spring for the Disneyland Forward project. Now, moving on to Central Florida, all the way across the coast, there's a big anniversary party for the Ultimate Disney Fan Club that's coming to Central Florida. Yeah, this is from D23.com. They said, it's been 15 fantastic years with the greatest fans on Earth, and now D23 invites you to mark their anniversary milestone at Splitsville Luxury Lanes at Disney Springs as they look back on 15 years of magic and memories all made possible because of fans just like you. Nice. Yeah. So on March 10th, 2024, as I mentioned, Splitsville Luxury Lanes in Disney Springs, D23, as they say, is taking a trip down memory lane or lanes. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have a lot of bowling puns here. Better yet, it's time to strike a pose and mingle with fellow D23 Gold members as you bowl, eat, and play the evening away snack and sip as you participate in inspired photo opportunities and arcade games at this bodacious bowlers bash nice yes so all d23 gold members in attendance of this event uh will receive 15th uh, this 15th anniversary event will also receive dazzling event exclusive cosmic blue variant of the sorcerer's apprentice mickey mouse figurine from the d uh, 2024 d23 magic and mystery gold member collector set along with a d23 event exclusive d23 15th anniversary pin inspired by the magic and mystery of disney so nice. some cool stuff mm -hmm. additionally all attendees will have the opportunity to participate in a special merchandise rsp for the walt disney company store's exclusive collection of d23 15th anniversary pins nice. so limited edition stuff right. you'll have your crack at it before anybody else right. because you know those stuff is going to likely uh, yeah, sell out they almost always yeah. do yeah now the price of this is for again this is for gold members only or gold duo members mm -hmm. only uh, it's $50 plus a $7 processing fee per ticket mm -hmm. not terrible considering there's a food and drink right. non-alcoholic drinks invited they will have a cash bar for alcoholic mm -hmm. drinks there plus the bowling experiences um, the collector's pin and all that stuff right. not terrible right um, now here's the catch as you're listening to this podcast we are recording this on Sunday, January 28th. You may be listening to this on Monday, January 29th, or possibly later. <laughs> Tickets go on sale on Monday, January 29th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're hearing this Monday morning, you may want to be yeah. getting on there if you have any interest in doing this thing. But uh, it looks like a really fun event at a cool space. And, yeah. you know, it's just fun to celebrate 15 years of D23. Yeah, and their events are always really impressive and fun. And uh, it's always great to see their leadership. Michael is usually there and greeting people. So uh, they they do put on a good event when they, they sponsor it. 
I don't think we've been disappointed with any party they've ever put no, on, you know, no. some smaller, some bigger, but we've enjoyed every single time we've yep. gone to one of those, uh, you know, $50, $57 with the processing fee is not bad for all you get out of this, right. you know, including the food and everything. I think we're coming back from our trip. Our yeah, cruise I know. Right I know. After that. I'm like this trying to figure out, can we throw this in as well? I think we can. I think yeah, we, can. we may have to, <laughs> um, because that seems like a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if anybody out there is also going and, and, uh, we'll let you know if we get it, maybe we can hook up. Yeah, uh, for sure. Do a meetup or something. Yeah, maybe we might actually get a photo with you. Yeah. Maybe you'll have not. to remind us because <laughs> yeah. we'll forget. But maybe we'll get a photo. Exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, it looks like a lot of fun. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's amazing. She's spectacular. (laughs) She's fantastic. You know, she does the best research. She has the best plans for adaptation when things go (laughs) sideways a little bit on your Disney trips. She also has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. All right. It's Tom and I've kind of slightly mentioned in this uh, episode, and I guess in some prior ones, we do have a Disney cruise coming up in March. And the past couple days, my brain has been in full Disney cruise planning mode. So my tip obviously is going to be a Disney cruise line tip. Um, But if you have a Disney Visa card, uh, it's always good to check their perks, not just for Disney Cruise Line. They they, they do have offerings uh, for all kinds of experiences with Disney and shopping, etc. But be sure if you are going to go on the Disney Cruise Line that you do look at what they have. Um, they have right now throughout the year of 2024, for example, they have some discounts on photo packages, some spa treatments during port days, and even one of the uh, excursions at Castaway Key that has multiple things that you can do. They have discounts on that. So make sure you're, you're familiar with that if you do have a D- Disney Visa credit card. Um, But also when you're going to utilize that uh, for any of these experiences, make sure you point out that you are that you do have that Disney Visa credit card, sometimes it could get missed if you don't mention it. Usually in in the the shops and things, I I, I haven't had issues. But I, I have to admit, even myself, I forgot to mention it when getting a port day spa treatment uh, on our last cruise. And, and, you know, by the time I realized it it was way too late to do anything. Um, So make sure you do it. Uh, If you also have a a DVC member, bring that up as well, because some discounts also apply. Um, They're not going to combine them, but it's always good to mention them as you're going to do some of these things. Like I said, either whether you're talking about Castaway Key or uh, photo packages, spa treatments, those kind of things, uh, at least ask and see if, if you can take advantage of it because some of them can really help curb the costs of some of these fun things you could do on a cruise. Yeah, for sure. And that, that goes with everything, not only the cruise, but make sure when you're in the parks as well, right. even you know Disney Springs or downtown Disney, ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. Like sure. if you have a magic key or an annual pass, ask if, that's, if there's a discount that's available for that. Right. If you're a member of DVC, ask about that. If you're a D23 member, ask about that. If you're a Disney Visa card holder, ask about that. All these things, you never know when something might pop up and save you 5, 10, 20% on something. Um, You've got these 
these great passes for whatever reason, um, take advantage of them where you can. And the, although, you know, if, if they don't have it, they'll say, no, sorry. Right. You know, exactly. it's not like they're going to you know make fun of you because you right. asked. Yeah. No. And, and I, I swear nine times out of 10, the cast member will say, you know, if they don't have it, they'll say, sorry, we don't, but it's always good to ask. Yeah. So they don't make you feel awkward for asking. Yeah, it, it, it's worse to miss out on a discount that yes. was available to yes. you than to ask and then for saying no. So, right. you know, it's always good to check. Even when you don't necessarily think there is going to be one. Right. I mean, there's really never one on alcohol. You just don't need to worry about that. If you're just getting cocktails, <laughs> don't worry about that. But if you're getting food, if you're getting merchandise, if you're getting non-alcoholic beverages, right. check. It can't hurt at all. Right. Very good. Michelle's tip, always the best tip. <laughs> Uh, my tip this week is something that I kind of worked out in my head as I was doing this last vacation. And I was thinking about it. You know, we were at a resort and seeing how crazy the parking lot is Epcot. And we knew we were going back to Epcot. We were like, you know what? We'll take Disney transportation back, which going from the Wilderness Lodge means taking a Disney bus yes. back mm -hmm. there. So one of the things uh, we both love about the the uh, Walt Disney World My Disney Experience app and when you're staying in a Disney resort is you can go into there through your resort room and check on the times that the buses will approximately right. and I do it with finger quotes that you can't <laughs> see right now because no it's not always completely accurate right. you may want to show up a little bit earlier uh, or keep an eye on it as you go but um, they give you an idea of when those buses are going to arrive. So you can decide, oh, you know, it's not, there's not going to be a bus be here for 20 minutes. I can stop at the restroom or right, whatever, or right. gather the kids up or whatever before we head over to the bus stop to go catch it. The one thing I always wished for is when you're at the park, right. like you have no idea when the bus is going to come there because they don't have that. The signs up at the bus stop, right. they don't have the ability necessarily on the app. So I thought of when the buses might arrive there. So that was one of my things is like, oh man, when we go there, it's like, I want to get back to our resort room, but I never know if we're going to be waiting for a half an hour right, for a bus to right. arrive. And then one thing I noticed is when I was looking at it, not only does it tell you when the bus is scheduled to arrive at your resort, it also tells you the approximate time the bus will drop you off right. at the park. So in a roundabout way, <laughs> That actually tells you when the bus is going to be arriving at the park. Right. Because they'll be dropping people off and most times picking people up at about the same time right. at the parks. So that was my little cheat that I worked out. Many of you <laughs> probably already knew this, but it was all new to me. I'm like, hey, now we know. And it worked out for us on our trip back from the parks to our resort that evening after right. our dinner. And right. Everything. It did work out. Now, I do think that there are times that the bus may drop off from one resort and then go pick up somewhere else. So it may or may not exactly sync up with what your plans are. But it definitely could help give you a ballpark. And it's, it may be that it does work out precisely like it, that. It gives you the best opportunity to right. kind of have that generalized time as to when and again that is not written in stone either right. so you want to be sure and be there a few minutes early or whatever uh best thing i could suggest and we did this on our way in because i kind of came to this conclusion as we were taking the bus out there mm -hmm. is see where the bus drops you off at if the bus drops you off at the same spot where you'd be picking a bus to go back right that's a good sign yes. possibly that that is going to be the same that case for you when you're leaving later right, on. Right. So, um, I like I said, I it's not 
a definite thing, but it gives you a little bit better possibility yes. of knowing when you might, okay, because we were like, we're, we were, we paused a couple of times. We wanted to check out World Celebration or anything. And I'm like, but, you know, that bus is coming possibly. Right. We want to get out there and we nailed it. it yeah. was, we were like there right before before the bus yes, arrived yes, it worked out really really well right for us. the timing worked out really well you know and it can also you know one of the other things we were using it for was again because it was cold and we thought we'd probably still be warmer going through between some of the buildings at epcot rather than standing out in this open area waiting for buses so we didn't want to get out there too too early as well and obviously experience more of epcot yeah, so it worked out. So um, just a possibility out there. Again, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it may give you just a little bit better peek into knowing what's going on right. with those Disney buses as you're going to the parks. Exactly. Yeah, so. Good one, baby. Thank you. That's it for this week's show. Next week, well, one of our favorite themes throughout Disney, whether we're talking about live action, animated films, Marvel, Star Wars, it's the concept of found family it's mm -hmm. it's it's a big subject in many many of the disney projects we love yeah it really is a theme that um i think helps us really appreciate and love some of the characters even more yeah and, you know i mean we all have those people in our life of course we have our own real family that is we're born right. into but many of us and, and that includes disney characters have this family unit right. that they've just kind of come together, together. with for a variety of reasons. And some right. of them are some of our favorite family yes. units that exist. So we're going to be talking about that next week. And to do this, we thought, you know, we can't just carry this conversation. Right. We need to bring on one of our favorite family people. Yes. Tony, the Disney dad, formerly of the Disney discussions podcast, which we always hope will come back. Yes. Maybe some of his actual family, but definitely Tony the Disney dad will be joining us to discuss that as well with us next week. And we couldn't be more excited because, uh, one, he is just such a warm, wonderful person. Um, we've always enjoyed interacting with him. We've always enjoyed, as Tom mentioned, his podcast was amazing. And um, he brings a lot of great content and substance to conversations. And we just felt his perspective on this could really be one that would be very special. And we'd like to hear from yeah, him. Like I said, He's one of the best family people we know. Yes. Um, and so this was, seems like right up his alley and we're excited to have him on. It's been too long since we've talked with him. So right. it'll be good to talk with Tony, the Disney dad. Exactly. Again. Yeah. As for this week's show, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. We're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our gmail account Podcast at gmail.com and if you like this podcast and you haven't given us a five star review yet we'd certainly appreciate that yeah it's a great way for people to discover this show and there's all sorts of algorithms that I don't understand but more five star <laughs> reviews is a big help for yes. us to getting discovered in various different ways so thanks to everybody who's already given us a That's five star right. review Very much. and thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time I'm Tom I'm Michelle and we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.